Shock Monkey Radio is entertainment for adults, by adults, and the views and opinions expressed here do not reflect upon the sponsors or FXBG Public Radio. For additional information, please refer to the United States Bill of Rights. Stand warned. Hello and welcome to 2022. And this is Shock Monkey Radio. We're back in a new year. Check got changed some things around the studio. We got those a uh, bunch of stuff on the walls now. Makes a, makes the audio just way better. We get sound sound damp in room, but this is the kind of professional stuff you can expect from FXBG Public Radio. Constantly making upgrades, making things better. So isn't that awesome? So yeah, we had an extra long holiday break. Uh, due to some na- uh, a nasty winter storm, which took down uh, tons of trees in the area. Pretty much everyone I know has at least one tree down because of uh, uh, the, the snow is just so wet and heavy. I came out the morning after the storm and like the, the branches of our trees were like hanging down into the road. You know, uh, we're a little late today. We're trying to queue up some video I took of some trees down. Uh, but, you know, I'm not very good at technical stuff so i had too big of a file and so uh, it wouldn't work so uh we had like trees like bent down uh, all over the neighborhood lots of trees down we had one tree in the road so i mean ev- pretty much everyone i know is dealing with it and so the tree tree removal services are going to be making bank <laughs> come spring <laughs> anyway so, yeah, we had branches of uh, trees bent down to the ground, trees in the roads, power outages, cats and dogs living together, mass hysteria, that kind of thing. The power outages were so bad that my sister and her family had to come live with me uh, for about a week. So the popula- population of my household uh, uh, doubled, if you count her dog, more than doubled, if, if you count her dog, uh, because we only lost power for like 26 hours. Uh, but once our power came back up, my sister and her family came to our house because they had to sleep next to the fireplace and to keep warm and, like, keep the fire going all night. F that. Who wants to live like it's in a little house on the prairie? Hell with that. Anyway, so she she came and lived with us. Uh, so it's been a crazy week. It's uh, It's been tough to write, so if the show sucks, it's my sister, sister's fault. Just kidding. <laughs> Uh, I was supposed to do a Scott versus Scott this past week, but I had to push it back because my home studio was so full. I didn't want somebody coming in and saying, sorry, Scott, did you want this last chicken enchilada? Because yes, I do want that last chicken enchilada. My sister makes killer chicken enchiladas, by the way. (laughs) So it was good to get cooped up with my family. Uh, It reminded me of growing up in Lake Placid, New York, where that sort of thing happens every winter. It was uncomfortable at times, but I mean, with power outages and a crowded house... Hey now, hey now, don't dream it. But I did enjoy it quite a bit. Uh, but I wasn't very productive, admittedly. It's, it's snow days, man. It's snow days. <laughs> uh, so I want to remind you that I have a Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash shockmonkeyradio. Please become a patron. Three bucks a month. I would appreciate it. You can also advertise on my show there if you like. Um <clears throat> I also have a cash app. Use the cash tag Shock Monkey Radio and send me a little bit of money. I would appreciate it very much. Send me a note, too. You can also email me at madman@fxbgpr.com, and I'll answer your questions. Whether I have the answer or not, you know, I'll answer it. Won't, won't read your name if you don't want to. I understand that. But go over to Patreon or send me money through Shock Monkey Radio cash tag on the cash app. There are kids on that ship, dog. So uh, our last show two weeks ago, 
uh, I ranted for quite a bit about uh, Star Trek and Star Trek The Next Generation in particular. And uh, was, I wasn't very nice to Picard, John Luke Picard, in many ways. And so uh, I had a lot of my friends who watched that video, they uh, argue with me. <laughs> <laughs> about the next generation and Picard. And there's only one argument that anyone's made to me in, in defense of Picard. And that is, there are kids on that ship, dog. And I agree. I agree. Picard does what he does, you know, and is such a sissy and <laughs> because he knows that there are civilians and children on the USS Enterprise. Okay. And that could kind of somewhat explain the way he behaves. I get it. I really do. But I think it's Starfleet's mistake to put civilians on a warship. Because let's face it, you know, that's a military vehicle. You shouldn't have civilians on there. The, 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 the fact that you wanted to create a sci-fi drama so you just merged it with Love Boat, you know, it, 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 it doesn't make any sense, militarily speaking. The reason Starfleet did this with a guy who, uh, admittedly, he starts out in the series, he's saying, oh, I'm bad with kids. I don't really like kids. I can't relate to kids. I'm not a family man. Why would he get that command? It doesn't make any sense. You know, you, you're a tour guide or you're a Starfleet captain. You know, that doesn't make sense to me. Well, that's Starfleet's mistake for putting kids and civilians on the Enterprise. Romulan's constantly shooting at him, you know? That's, that's Starfleet's mistake, all right? And Captain Picard, I guess, is doing the best he can in an awful situation that's going on in this weird Starfleet that they're in, where they, <laughs> they put kids on warships. <laughs> it's, it's almost like a, uh, you know, a terrorist strategy. <laughs> it's like... It's even like even like blowing up the warp core is like a suicide vest. Let's be honest. You know? Every other episode, you know, they're like we we'll scare them and think maybe gonna, our warp core is gonna explode and they're gonna run away. You know? <laughs> if you think about it, the warp core is a suicide vest. So to, and but there are kids on that ship, dog. <laughs> you know, what if you screw up the warp core fake make meltdown? What if you screw that up? There are kids on that ship, dog. <laughs> anyway, so I, I, I ranted about it last week, and some people had some things to say to me about it. <laughs> and that's my answer to all that, to the, any valid argument about, about him, Picard. Anyway. <coughs> so these next two bits I wrote when I was very drunk. So here we go. I love dice. You ever play craps? You ever seen that community episode? You ever played D&D &D or the silly ass vampire or more fun games like the ones I chose based upon my personal taste? Heroes Unlimited. Compared to flipping a coin, dice add a little more to our odds. 50-50 on dice is statistically different than flipping coins. Flipping coins to gamble has been around since currency. But once humans, humans invented the platonic solids, the Greeks, I think, and, perha and perhaps they stumbled upon a consensus on objective randomization. Soon it became casting lots, Caltrop D4s, a chance cube, boxcars, 1D8 damage, roll to save. How fair is trouble with its problematic bubble? 
It's trouble. 2D6 is fair in Monopoly, especially with the doubles rule. Spinning the wheel? Life? Get out of here! Vampire the Masquerade uses only D10s, just like DC Heroes. No me gusta. I don't like those odds. A D20 in play is always good, especially considering the payout on criticals and uh, successes and fails. D6s, D8s, D12s, these are all great to roll damage with. But let's face it, D4s were invented to attack the feet of human beings. But once this technology was developed, there were always scammers. Even in flipping coin days, people knew which coins they carried always flipped to their advantage depending on what they called. That's where the idea of a lucky coin came from. And double-headed two-faced coins for that matter. Heads I win, tails you lose. But since dice, people would load dice. They'd have a chance cube, a weighted dice, probably. Or die, probably. <laughs> I've game mastered games where a player would spend time using the lead of his pencil to fill the one, two, and three pips on his two D6s he was using. That's why they give you a big mess of dice to pick from in craps, but only two. They've known about you backwoods engineers for a century or two. And just and that's just two D6. Can you imagine a game like craps based upon 20-sided plutonic solids? I don't. But then again, some people learn Klingon. Some people learn that Star Trek chest. Who am, chess. Who am I to judge? Seven is like Winterfell. Winterfell is always coming. But living in the field is good. Everyone wants to come. Coming out? No, no, I won't do that. Snake Eyes! I love G.I. Joe too. Stuff goes through my head when I'm like eight beers diva, you know? Anyway. <laughs> you ever get too trashed to play video games? You ever sit there staring at the big orange button your finger can't find and the end of the joystick pokes your eye? You ever gone down too many green pipes and end up bombing the hell out of some Legend of Zelda dungeon? And isn't Sonic the Hedgehog a moving meditation on the concept of don't drink and drive? Did you have to earn your C button legs? Then SNES throws out X, Y, L, and R, and you're, why are you bringing algebra into my entertainment? Then everyone started adding CDs to carts, and it got all Nintendo Rob, and you might as well just get a computer at that point. However, the casting of dreams is always a good idea. Then the blast chamber, that is PlayStation, came out, turning every, everything into calculus and turning retro gaming into twisted metal. But there was a Resident Evil, PlayStation 2, PlayStation 3, at all. I know what you're up to. The game I'm playing is not the game you're playing. I found it to be my call of duty to try to kick the GameStop habit. Walking past two rows of John Madden video games, God rest his soul, with no interest in them. A dying market in the internet age. And I start looking for something other than World of Warcraft. And Heroes Unlimited always sustained me in these years. But I would assemble old computer parts and build old systems that played old simulation games. I felt like a wing commander because I had a following in X-Wing and TIE Fighter AOL groups. But in my heart of hearts, I knew I was a privateer. We are a freedom force. We're champions online. We're an internet city of heroes. It sims to me that everyone in Civilization 2 need to take a risk and find access and allies to understand and embrace the games they really love. You can have a monopoly on life. Don't be a rummy and look out for numero uno. Do that and Yahtzee. <laughs>
you can win all the marbles. I love gaming is what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, I also passed out uh, playing Time Splitters 3 last night, and I got an achievement for playing 20 hours in a row. <laughs> uh, I have old Time Splitters maps. Do uh, you think they're worth anything? Be Anyone be interested in them? I don't know how we get it onto the internet. Is there something to get copy stuff and memory cards? Okay. Maybe. Okay. <laughs> Only I could hear him, apparently. True. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I got one more thing I want to talk about. Uh before we get into the news and it's um i've been watching the show called the last ship and it's uh the premise is this single naval destroyer uh is the only thing only ship that remains quarantined from this pandemic that happens and they develop the cure and stuff like that and it's kind of an interesting show but it's it's loaded with i don't know if i'm going to review it all right i don't know if i will i don't think it's good enough but it's based upon like naval, naval, navy life and stuff like that. I, that's why I watch it. <laughs> you know, Master Chief's my man. I love that guy. Uh, but you know, there's no, you know, other uh, Master Chiefs. I don't think. I mean, the the Doc is a chief corpsman. Anyway. <laughs> but I was watching this uh, uh, show, and everyone on the show has the surface warfare officer pin, or the uh, enlisted surface war warfare specialist pin what is called SWO or uh, ESWAS uh, in the Navy. And that that pin is really important for uh, ship operations. Uh, even though I, I dislike how the show portrays like every sailor is kind of like a Navy SEAL. <laughs> it's like, I don't know, if you give a, guy, a couple of guy, random guys from, you know, the ET shack a couple of guns and say, hey, defend this pier, they would be lollygagging around, you know, goofing off and stuff like that. You know, they're... <laughs> <laughs> they're ETs. They're electronic technicians. They're not master at arms. All right. And so you'll have people like that who are masters, master at arms uh, uh, types who are trained in that kind of thing. You also have, you know, uh, with gunner's mates as well. And uh, but I mean, it, it's a fairly small uh, portion of the crew, you know. <laughs> and so these pins, um, you get them by going around to each different ship uh, uh, system or, you know, shop really and you tell it's like what do you do here show me how what your equipment is and uh, what you do so if i'm in a position where i have to do your job uh, i'm not co a complete idiot you know and so uh and that's and that's what those pins mean is that you get this cross training and stuff like that and so if you're an enlisted guy and you're you're an et electronics technician and you want your enlisted surface warfare specialist pin you'd have to go around to each different ship system and that means that includes like the master at arms you go talk to the master at arms he's like this is the weapons locker you know and uh, these are the different weapons small arms that we carry on the ship and stuff like that they will probably even let you handle them maybe, probably maybe fire some you know i don't know i never got the damn pin and so uh that's that's the point of that kind of training and it really shows off you know how the crew is able to do everything they do is because everyone's got that pin and so <laughs> like uh and it's interesting because i was kind of in a big ship i was in a command ship and uh, uh loads of people on it it was it was you know uh bigger than most ships but not as big as a carrier you know we had about like i think 400 people on it 
But I mean, you know, that's, you know, uh, a fairly, you know, a abundant ship and when you're if the smaller the ship you're on the more crossover you'll have in other sh uh, ship duties for example if you had like if you're on a like cruiser or destroyer uh like that it's like you'd have a lot more it's like you may be a radio man but then you go to general quarters and then you're manning a gun you know like an m60 or something like that you know and so uh the small even the small boats what i i, I should have joined the coast guard is what i'm saying because the Coast Guard, the puddle pirates, as we call them, uh, they have really small boats. And so you're talking about a crew of like five or six people on a Coast Guard cutter or something like that. I don't know. I could look it up. But, uh, you know, but it's a really small crew. And I may have been a radioman or a later IT. And my specialty would have been, you know, the communications. But my duties would, would be uh, also include... Like throwing out the lines, man in a gun, you know, if, if need be. Uh, because I was a radio man, if they had to like videotape a boat or a yacht or something like that, we found personless in the water, which happens a lot. <laughs> you know, you uh, go in with a video camera and videotape that. And so like the smaller the ship, the more duties you get to uh, uh, be a part of. Like I never fired a weapon for the Navy. I went to ranges on my own, you know, because it was like, well, just in case. If I have to repel borders, I get in some crazy crimson crimson tide or last ship situation. I want I'm gonna want to know how to use firearms. <laughs> but I mean I never fired a gun for the for the military. And so I was thinking about while watching this show is about how I I should have joined the Coast Guard because it's uh I would have been able to do cool stuff that has more to do with ship operations. I was in the Admiral Staff Command. So my job was just focused on keeping officers and, you know, with their PowerPoint and, and their internet connections, you know, their network uh, connections and so forth. And that was the focus of my job. I never had, even when uh, our ship went to general quarters, I didn't have to go to a separate duty station. When they call general quarters, you got to go deal with something involving ship operations. All right. Me, during general quarters, I'm sitting there and I'm still running network cable. I'm still, I'll get your PowerPoint reloaded, sir, any, any second. And you'll be making slides in no time, <laughs> you know. And, and so I, I felt like I was a little cheated because I was smart enough to get, you know, that kind of a good command for uh, just four years and that I was in. Uh, and in, in the sense that I, I wish I'd done cooler stuff, <laughs> you know. People people say, you know, thank you for your service for your service and i'm just like you know thank thank you for letting me represent you because i'm a lazy shipbird and everyone told me that when i was in the navy so <laughs> but you know i went in and i was i wanted to be you know on radio back in the 90s when i joined and so uh i thought maybe being, being in the navy would help along that career path but i should have joined the coast guard i would have liked to have stormed boats with like an m16 in my hand just to say i've done it so when people say, you know, uh, uh, thank you for your service, I'm just, I'm kind of embarrassed <laughs> because some people will uh, look at me and it's like, oh, you're Navy. And they'll think I'm like the last ship Navy, you know, where <laughs> sometimes you're shooting people. And no, no, that's not what I did. It, it was more of an office gig for me. And uh, uh, I, I know real people who served in infantry. I real, know real people who served uh in those kind of dangerous situations and i'm i'm embarrassed around them but you know they're they're so kind and they're like you're a veteran too man you're a vet too and it's like eh, not like you were a vet you know nobody's shooting at me you know 
apparently the biggest hazard in the Navy I had to face was like coming home from the bar and falling off the pier. That's because that happens quite a bit in the Navy. <laughs> yeah, man overboard at the pier. <laughs> Swim over there. And it's funny because even, even in a port, you got to have like have official write-ups on that stuff. <laughs> and, uh, and you got to like do the man overboard thing. You got to point at them, so you got man overboard, and they got to get a light on them and throw them a ring. All they got to do all the procedures. <laughs> you can't just say, "Hey, jackass, swim over there, swim over there." I just just fall in the pool at the hotel bar where we were. <laughs> anyway, screw it. Let's go into the news worth knowing. The Shock Monkey Radio News with no one stinger. Ted Cruz slams podium over reporters' mask questions. <laughs> Let me read the article and then I'll rip into Senator Cruz. Uh, Senator Ted Cruz from Texas slammed his fists on a podium in frustration Tuesday as he attacked what he deemed to be media hypocrisy on masking. During a press conference speaking out against Democrats trying to eliminate the filibuster, reporter questioned Cruz about him and his fellow Republicans not wearing masks. Cruz quickly shot down the question and angrily asked, why, why are questions only directed at one side on masks? <laughs> uh, and by the way, he went on to say, on the question of hypocrisy, you just asked, you, you people at the podium are speaking without masks. Just once, I'd like to see a reporter say to Joe Biden when he stands at his damn podium <laughs> in the White House without a mask, Mr. President, why aren't you wearing a mask? Cruz said angrily. Just once, I'd like to see you say to Jen Psaki, the White House press secretary, when she stands at the podium with no mask, Miss Psaki, why don't you have a mask? The questions are directed at one side. I'm going to say that uh, I'm going, and I've got to say that the American people see the hypocrisy. Twice, Cruz thumped his hands on the podium for effect. Prior to this answer, Cruz was uh, Cruz also called out the wild hypocrisy on the part of President Biden and his administration regarding COVID-19 policies. Uh, the, the exchange began at uh, blah, 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 this is on the video. The exchange began at the 50, 51, uh, 5150 mark below, and references a vi uh, video. Uh, he went on to say, "I think there's been a wild hypocrisy from the uh, Biden administration when it comes to the COVID policies on mask mandates, where Joe Biden rightly sh uh, said we shouldn't have mandates on vaccine mandates, where Joe Biden said we shouldn't have vaccine mandates. As far as I know, well, I, I screwed up, said that twice. As far as as far as I know, everyone has been vaccinated, double vaccinated, been boosted at some point, Ted Cruz said. He added, I do know Dr. Fauci has been all over the map about it. He said yes to, he said yes, masks, no masks. He said, oh, I lied to the American people because they couldn't handle it at some point. The American people ought to be able to ex exercise their own freedom and make their decision. Cruz uh, has declared since April 2021 that he has been, uh, that he was through wearing masks after being vaccinated against COVID-19. He has been repeatedly criticized by reporters for refusing to wear a master at press events. <laughs> uh, you, you know why Ted Cruz slammed his hands on the podium? Uh, he's trying to win back the right because uh, he, he recently said that uh, the, uh, whatchamacallit, the January 6th event was a terrorist attack. And, uh, and that's just not true. You know, it, it's, it, we don't like him when he pays trying to pay lip service to to uh, the left because it wasn't a terrorist attack. 
you know it's certainly it, it, it you could say it was a riot okay but how can you call that a riot and not call everything that happened uh it, the summer before a riot as well it was the last riot january 6th was the last riot well there's riots all going on all over the world where's it i forget what the country anyway Let's go to this next story. Rand Paul rips Fauci following latest hearing fireworks. He doesn't want debate because he is science. Quote, unquote, is science. U.S. Senator Rand Paul sparred once again with Dr. Anthony Fauci in a Senate hearing on Tuesday with a lawmaker pressing the national director of the uh, Institute, National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases on reports he sought to quash, quote, fringe epidemiologist coronavirus mitigation strategies. Uh, the key Republican, the Kentucky, excuse me, Kentucky Republican <laughs> also asked Fauci to address accusations that he is at least tangential, chan, tangentially, tanden, tangentially, I hate that word, culpable in the creation of viruses through gain-of-function research. Uh, following the hearing, hearing, Paul told Fox News the story, there is evidence on a probability of 90 to 10 that COVID-19 virus came from Wuhan, China laboratory and was engineered via gain-of-function research despite Fauci's denials. Fauci funded the lab, Paul told host uh, Martha McCollum. He tried to obscure the idea that he was giving money to the lab, and then he steadfastly for two years said it wasn't gain-of-function. That they, were make, they weren't making viruses that don't exist in nature, creating them and creating viruses that are so dangerous they could actually wipe out a portion of humanity. He continues to deny that it came from a lab. Yes, he's culpable, Paul added. So when you ask him to investigate it, he's not exactly interested. He has a conflict of interest because it came from the lab. Paul discussed how Fauci previously appeared to, be, uh, to claim to be the human embodiment of science by declaring, I am the science, in response to another interviewer's question about critics attacking him. <coughs> Quote, Dr. Fauci doesn't want to debate. He wants to squelch debate because he is science. If you criticize him, you're criticizing science, Paul said. Paul, a doctor of ophthalmology, ophthalmology, golly, hard words today. No, it's not opt, it's ophthalmology. Okay. Further explain that most, uh, most of the heavily enforced COVID mandates at the federal level have come from Dr. from Fauci or Dr. Rochelle Walensky, director of the Centers of Disease Control and Prevention. What is up with me today? He explained that by Fauci mostly ignoring the science of immunity, such as th uh, through antibodies built via prior infection, he believes the U.S. remains under-vaccinated. All right. Well, I mean, if you haven't <laughs> if you haven't seen that exchange between uh, Rand Paul and Dr. Fauci, I mean. Fauci's, he's not given any answers at all. He's like, you're wrong. It's like, why is he wrong? He just says, he just keeps saying, you're wrong. You're wrong, Rand Paul. And uh, apparently there was a hot mic. He called him an asshole or something. I don't know. Uh, did you hear about that? Okay. I, yeah. And, you know, I don't care. I'm certain that's how they talk about these people, you know. I don't care about that, you know. Uh, but I think, I think it's funny that, uh, uh, that Dr. Fauci thinks that anyone should believe him. You know, I don't think any, anyone should believe him. 
You know, I think it's clear that, you know, he's been, you know, heavily involved in all of this and is quite culpable. And I think Rand Paul is a hell of a man to, to try to expose that as best as he could, you know. And I think people have had enough. It's like Ted Cruz slamming saying, mask, why are you wearing masks still? <laughs> You're idiots. You're sheep. You see that I, when I see that mask on somebody's face these days, I was just what a sheep, what a sheep. Anyway, let's go on to the next story. New Mexico woman defends daughter accused of throwing baby in a dumpster. As New Mexico authorities are accepting non-monetary uh, non-monetary donations on behalf of a baby boy abandoned in a dumpster in the city of Hobbs, and for other children under state care. The mother of the woman accused of abandoning him is telling reporters, everybody makes mistakes. Alexis Avila, Avia, 1L, 18, has been charged with attempted murder and child abuse in connection with the incident, according to city police. She allegedly wrapped the baby in a blood-soaked towel and two garbage bags and abandoned him in 36-degree weather <clears throat> with his umbilical cord still attached. A woman who picked up the phone at the... At the number listed for her mother, Martha Avila, said it was the wrong number on Tuesday. Jeez Louise. But the elder Avila defended her daughter to the Daily Mail reporter outside her home in the city of Hobbs. Quote, people can preach all they want, they can judge all they want, but we only care about the judgment of one, she told the outlet. She also doubled down the claims that her daughter didn't know she was pregnant, which police said the young woman told investigators uh, when they brought her in for questioning. Uh, and she allegedly committed to the crime. During that same interview, police said that she only referred to the child as it. Yeah. As for the baby boy, a group of Good Samaritans stumbled across him and rescued him from the dumpster. He's in stable condition in a hospital in Lubbock, Texas, and in the lawful custody of the New Mexico Children, Youth, and Families Department. According to Hobbs Acting Police Chief August, August Fons. I hope, yeah, that's an awesome name. August Fons. He, uh, he said he could not release additional details Monday due to the confidentiality concerns. The child's father is believed to, be, believed to be a teen from Hobbs whose identity police did not release because he is under 18. Martha Avila told Hobbs police that she had, a banner, had banned her daughter's ex from visiting her house because he allegedly battered her daughter in June, according to a criminal complaint. Even if she doesn't want custody, she should be caring enough to, about her grandbaby to be saying, no, he's an abusive boyfriend. I don't want him to have custody, said Joe Imbrail, a local store owner whose surveillance capt uh, cameras captured the incident that drew national attention on Monday. A NMCYFD spokesperson said she could not comment on the individual cases due to the state privacy rules. Imbrail also questioned uh, the Avila's timeline of events which included a January 4 doctor visit for prescription pain meds, according to the court documents. Quote, if they did that, wouldn't they have done a pregnancy test on the girl that young? He asked. Lots of holes in her story. That's a quote. Uh, Embraer's surveillance, surveillance video show a woman tossing a garbage bag into a dumpster and a group of people finding the baby almost six hours later. Uh, she's trying to defend her daughter. Why didn't she stop, sh uh, <laughs> why didn't she stop shouting her mouth off and take, ownership of how she raised her daughter. Embraer told Fox Digital, News Digital on Tuesday. Stop trying to protect her now. You screwed up. You raised a terrible daughter. Oh, straight talk. Oh, straight talk. The video showed a woman 
alleged to be Avila, pulling up in a white car around 2 p.m. Mountain Time on Friday, tossing her newborn baby from the back of the dumpster. Okay, this is awful. I'm not going to quit reading this. All right. I'm glad they caught her. I mean, this is awful. You know, every, you know, people are the worst. <laughs> you know, I can't imagine being that selfish. And the whole idea is like, we you didn't know you're pregnant. How do you skip nine periods? You think you're just having a lucky couple months? What the hell? Think you're just putting on too much weight? Well, that's what I mean. You know? Yeah, that's what I mean. It's, you're just, you're lying. You're lying and you're an awful person. And your mother's an awful person for raising you. That guy's straight talk. Straight talk. And I love it. Absolutely, these people need to be, you know, this is this is why ribbing exists. This is why shame exists. This, you know, you people say it's like, oh, you can't feel any shame, you know. No. You need to pester and belittle and humiliate these people. Because it's wrong. All right? That's the point. That's why it exists. So to to help you feel shame. Because you should feel shame. For calling your baby it. Was it really hairy or something? No, cut like cousin it. Uh, uh, okay. <laughs> Sorry, it's a heavy subject. I'm trying to lighten it up. Anyway, let's go. Uh, let's go to the next story. Uh, shoppers astounded by thinning grocery store supplies. It's just empty shelves. So this is coming from Washington. I know I've been hearing a lot about this in D.C. lately. Empty shelves and thinning groceries and drug supplies are reminiscent of March 2020, Washington, D.C. shoppers told Fox News Digital. <coughs> Quote, it's like Soviet, a Soviet store for, during 1981. It's horrible, one man said. The Pac-Man machine doesn't even work. <laughs> Quote, honestly, it looks like March of 2020 when everybody was stockpiling and the shelves were bare. Another man, Dominic, told Fox News Digital. Uh, grocery shoppers across the country have encountered barren shelves when looking for their typical supplies due to the supply chain snags. Increase in, uh, increasing uh, COVID-19 infections and related hurdles as well as severe winter weather. Quote, it's just a domino effect. I mean, it's just completely a, a complete total domino effect, Dominic said. It's kind of scary. Larry, another DC shopper, told Fox News, uh, whatever it is, I know they need to hurry up and get this straightened out because people will be starving. It's going to get rough if it keeps on continuing like that. Multiple shoppers uh, rattled off a litany of groceries they couldn't find, ranging from milk to beverages to produce. Beverages? Talking about beer, right? They're mad. I, I guarantee you, the list is like, yeah, can't find any beer. Uh, what else do we need? <laughs> milk? Can't find milk. And uh, did I say beer? Can't find any beer. <laughs> Liquor stores are empty. <laughs> This isn't beverages. That's I think that milk, produce, obviously. Uh, everything, meat, eggs, dairy, certain breads were out, most vegetables. It was all fresh items, one man said, and left at a giant grocery store. Yeah, shoppers also said they saw uh, empty shelves at multiple grocery stores in the D.C. area. A lot of stores have been, been like this, Zanetta, and they got a bunch of pictures of, like, empty shelves. Zanetta, who uh, went to multiple stores in, uh, over several days, told she told Fox News. Um... I think we're. I think that we're about to have a food shortage. Everything's pretty empty. Move out of the cities, people. Another woman, Megan, told Fox News that her friends, uh, her friend, warned her not to shop at local Trader Joe's due to the lack of food. <laughs> yeah, don't even bother going. 
Quote, I also had a friend who came before me and said, don't even bother coming in. They don't have any trucks. Nobody's been able to get what they need, Megan said. Another shopper, Howard, told Fox News Digital, this is the emptiest I've ever seen it at Trader Joe's. That's the kind of thing that happens these days. <laughs> C'est la vie. <laughs> yes. You know, it's, um, I don't know if you've been to like grocery stores. Or go check out the produce aisle, like right now. It's it's wild. <laughs> Try to find good bananas. <laughs> it's wild. Um, yeah, I mean they, they got to get this under control. It's a bad thing, you know. If people start like like truly starving, and granted, you know we're Americans, we're all a little overweight, but I mean, you know, you still get hungry, even when you're you know losing weight. You, you still get hungry, and hungry people, they're hangry. <laughs> <laughs> they're easily angered. When I was trying to lose weight and doing a bunch of fasting and stuff like that, I was furious. <laughs> anyway, let's go on to these last uh, last two stories. Uh, I like to bring it up, lighten the mood towards the end of the show. So listen to this nonsense. Scientists build a car that fish can drive. <laughs> I'm going to read this first sentence of this article. Now, this is driving school. No, I don't know. No, Israel. <laughs> now, this is driving school. That is so awful, Fox News. If you can't make a good joke, don't make one at all. Anyway, so researchers at Israel's Ben-Gurion University <coughs> have built a self-propelled fish tank on, which, uh, on wheels that goldfish inside can drive around on land with intent. The unusual electric vehicle is equipped with sensors and a camera that tracks the fish movement inside the tank and can head in the direction of the wall of the fish tank it's swimming towards, stopping when the fish backs away. Ten fish were trained to operate it by using visual targets placed around the room and rewarding them with food when they reached them. The team told the Times of Israel that several of the fish reduced their time needed to complete the task from 30 minutes to under one, even with decoy targets in the room. <laughs> I'm sorry. Quote, surprisingly, it doesn't take the fish long to learn, uh, a long time to learn how to drive the vehicle. They confused at first. They don't know what's going on. But, uh, they're very quick to realize that there is a correlation between their movement and the movement of the machine that they're in. Researcher saw... Uh, Sashar Givon told Reuters. Despite the vehicle's use of LIDAR, like some self-driving cars use, the point of the experiment wasn't to develop better vehicles for humans, but be to better understand the navigational capabilities of animals. We, <laughs> we, think, we humans think of ourselves as very special, and many uh, think of fish as primitive, but this is not correct. Biology professor and neuroscientist Ronan Se Segev said, there is other very important and, and smart creatures. Okay. <laughs> uh, this isn't the first time the test has been done. Dutch researchers in 2014 built a similar device that could track a fish in a tank and move with it, but it was focused more on the computer technology that made it work. They got a picture of that uh, <laughs> fish robot from Megamind. <laughs> and... Uh, I just, why, Israel? Why are you doing this? Why do you need to have anything like this? This is insane. 
This is pure insanity. Uh, how bored are you in Israel? Isn't it pretty exciting in Israel? Oh, my God. Why do this? I really don't get it. You know, I I can't imagine why you would you know, which, which way do you want to go, fish? Why do I care where a fish wants to go? Why would I care what a fish wants to eat? I don't care. Oh, man. <laughs> Last story, then we'll get out of here. Uh, Florida deputies rescue a woman trapped in a burning car. Florida sheriff has shared video of deputies racing to rescue a woman trapped inside a burning car last month, praising their selfless efforts, selfless efforts to ensure she made it out alive. Deputies responded just after midnight to a crash on the Suncoast Parkway on the state route, uh, state route 52 overpass on December 29th, the Pasco Sheriff's Office said. <laughs> the vehicle was partially over the guardrail and, and flames were shooting out from underneath its hood. In a graphic officer-worn body cam footage, deputies rushed toward the burning vehicle and used fire extinguishers on the flames. But the fire continued to burn and move closer to the tra trapped driver. Deputies used up all three fire extinguishers that they had while trying to extinguish the flames, a spokeswoman said for the sheriff's office and told Fox 13 Tampa. With the fire still consuming the car, video shows deputies trying to pull the woman out through the back seat but they could not move her seat and a woman remained trapped. Video shows a quick thinking deputy break down uh, the rest of the crush driver's side door and he and at least two other deputies quickly pull her out to, sa out to safety and then the pushed in steering wheel and airbags. My goodness. We share video of this rescue to show the dangers our deputies face each shift. Shift, the sheriff's office said. We are proud of the deputy's selfless efforts to ensure the driver made it out of the car alive. The 30-year-old woman is believed, was believed to be intoxicated while driving on the wrong side of the road and colliding head-on with another vehicle, the station reported, citing a Florida Highway Patrol crash report. woman was rushed to the hospital where she was in stable condition. Still, dangerous situation. I'm looking at the video now. They're running in there with little, those little tiny fire extinguishers that all the cops got. <laughs> Futile effort, just trying to cool down the car a little bit. to get. Ugh. Anyway. Uh, what, what, what's that? Uh, you ever hear of that guy? <clears throat> it's Pasco County. You ever hear of that guy, uh, Jeremy DeWitt? DeWitt. Oh my God. Yeah. This is what I love about like, uh, the, the age of body cameras on, on police officers, because there's tons of footage. Uh, go look around on YouTube. I love watching like uh, body, body cam footage and people getting arrested and stuff like that. It's hilarious because people are real idiots sometimes. And cops, cops, because of these, a lot of these body cam footage are so available, you, you can see that like cops are really trying to do the right thing in most cases, you know? And I think it shows in all the body cam footage is that, you know, even in some, some of these arrests, they're extremely nice, they're extremely professional, extremely polite. And I think it, it, it reflects well upon them. And I think I'm glad we live in this age where people can like, you know, you have body cameras, but, uh. Yeah, Jeremy DeWitt, if you don't know about him, just go search him for some videos on Jeremy DeWitt because uh, he uh, is constantly getting arrested for impersonating a police officer. 
because he runs an escort service that escorts things like motorcades of motorbikes, more motorcycle club guys or funerals and stuff like that. And he has uh, trying, something state. I uh, forget the, uh, but it's a very, very police official looking vehicle. And he wears kind of dresses like a cop, you know, and stuff like that has flashing lights on his bikes and stuff like that. And he's, he's, he's a maniac. He is an insane anger driven maniac. And this jackass is, is, films himself. He uploads this body cam footage of him, like telling people to pull over and stuff like that while he's escorting like a funeral. <laughs> you know, you're trying to put Nana in the ground, you know, and he's like banging on the hood of some dude's car in an intersection because he doesn't yield to him because, you know, I don't think you're a real cop. <laughs> yeah, so go look at that because, you know, there are maniacs in the world. <laughs> and uh, you compare his behavior to the behavior of real officers of the law. It's a world of difference. World of difference. So God bless those cops and the God bless cops everywhere because, you know, they are, the, they are the front line between us and pure chaos. So I want to remind you again to go over to patreon.com slash shockmonkeyradio. Become a patron. It's three bucks a month. I would appreciate it very, very much. I also have a cash app. You can use the cash tag shockmonkeyradio. Send me some money, please. I'd really like to get some money. <laughs> Become a patron. I would appreciate it. Uh, like, share, and subscribe. For my videos and stuff like that, share it with your friends. Tell everybody about it. Uh, comment on it. That's always helpful uh, to get get it seen by other people. And as you know, it's like YouTube, they'll uh, demonetize and uh, uh, deprioritize me in the algorithm. You know, there there was a time when I'd get you know five, six thousand views on a video, but then you know some stuff happened with them and Steven Crowder. And next thing I know is like I trend when one of my videos trends, like the Gremlins video, I get like sixty views. Used to be I'd get thousands sometimes. Anyway, it's not fair. So when you like, share, and subscribe, and you send it to your friends, that helps me a lot. A lot that helps the algorithm. So do that. Comment. I'll probably comment back. Anyway, so this has been Shock Monkey Radio. I'm the I'm your host, the Madman, and I love you. <laughs>